Hi, everyone. Welcome to J.D. Power's Technology Support Podcast. I'm Michael Vermillion with J.D. Power, and with me today are Mark Miller, Greg Dickerson, and Mike Noeth. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks, Mike. So today we're continuing uh, on the, uh, the topic uh, where we're uh, walking through a maturity mo model that we developed here at J.D. Power for technical support organizations and uh, the four kind of pillars of that maturity model are technology and process. Uh, and we've, we've, uh, we've talked about those already in, pre in prior podcasts. And um, we've got two more to cover. One is around strategy and, and the, another one around people. So, so in this podcast, we want to focus on the, the strategy piece. So uh, Mike and, and Greg, uh, when we're looking at the, uh, the strategy for technical support organizations, uh, I think uh, the first question is, uh, does the technical support organization have a strategy that's aligned with corporate, right? Yeah, Mike, and, and to that end, it, if, if they do, it's, it still begs the question, so what is the strategy of the technical support organization? Uh, of course, there needs to be an organization to solve customers' problems, so there's all the reactive work that goes on. But what we often see in a, in a very good way is that the organization is also out there being proactive, that their strategy is not only to solve customer cases when they come in and respond to them, but also to do the work to prevent cases through the use of, of better diagnostics, uh, phone home capabilities in their products, working closely with the product division. And when you become a proactive organization, you really can position your tech support organization as being a competitive advantage. So regardless of whether you're reactive, proactive, both, or somewhere in the middle, the one thing we really want to ensure is that all of the employees in the tech support organization are, are fully versed on what is the strategy, whether you're delivering service, planning for support, whether you're an offer manager or a partner manager, you've got to be able to connect your work to that of the organization. And as you mentioned, we really want to see that the, the uh, support organization strategy is connected to the overall corporate uh, strategy, and that then enables a customer to understand how all of these uh, dots are, are connected. And one other thing that uh, is very, very critical here is that relationship to voice of the customer. Um, you need to be able to use that technical support organization to strengthen customer relationships. And, you know, that brand and that strategy thought process melding between the corporation and the support organization needs to be aligned to be able to build those customer relationships and and strengthen what you have in place because it's not you know it's not a an easy process to land new business so keeping what you have is is uh very very important and one thing i'd say in addition to that is that we often see and again as, as time evolves where a support organization becomes a very close partner to the customer success organization. And oftentimes those lines even get blurred because as Greg points out, uh, working closely with the customer and, and helping them drive adoption of the products, helping them get full value of those products so that when you get to a time around a, a renewal conversation, uh, it's an easier one. And of course, as we know, that all drives loyalty and loyalty drives revenue. So all of that is uh, it's it's not your father's support organization or your mother's support organization in that it's moving from 
uh, reactive to proactive to a true partnership with customers, especially in light of the fact that so many products are now moving to a SaaS model. Yeah, team, I just wanted to jump in here real quick and kind of have the team comment on the differences between stable and best practice here, particularly around research and research application. That's one of the core elements of our strategy uh, swim lane here. And we often see folks have actionable VOC, which is good and necessary. But the real difference between, and that is part of a, you know, uh, stable um, stage within the maturity model, but getting that best practice where we are able as an organization to prioritize um, the largest gaps and anticipate the largest gaps really does create a best-in-class scenario. It's almost like the creation of a continuous improvement machine, right, where the organization understands what customers want and understands how to deploy limited resources to achieve the best outcome because nobody has unlimited budget, right? Even the, the best companies, they don't. They always keep an eye on the cost. And um, team, wouldn't you agree that the best companies are those who are out there saying, we could spend our money on a whole bunch of things, but in order for us to execute, we have to actually spend our money on the right things. And that's what is the underpinning of research and research application in our strategy section, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I think what we see out there with the best companies have that um, connection between the product teams and the support teams so that they're getting a true measure of what the customer is looking for. And they're utilizing that uh, research data to identify what's going to be most effective for the organization and for the customer uh, when they are making enhancements and developing new products. Um, sometimes we see it where the, the customer gets lost in all of this and it's, we've got this new bell and whistle here and we want to, we want to deploy it. So uh, making sure that it's, you know, it's utilizing that data and utilizing it effectively. And, and just to add to that, you know, the, the companies that we see that are furthest along here, uh, of course, everybody's conducting surveys and gathering input. But the companies that use that survey data or data that conduct or comes in from other forums, uh, customer advisory groups and things like that, um, they use that data not only to just concern themselves with support related matters, but also working closely, as Greg mentions, with the product teams, improving the products, improving the diagnosability, the serviceability. Uh, changing their business practices, making it easier to do business with, with us, uh, changing our, our service offerings, adding to them or subtracting from them, having a menu that the customer can select. So, so all of that information is really important to not only hear, but to, to, but to act on quickly. There's a, a couple of other um, elements to uh, the, um, the strategy swim lane and our, and our framework for the maturity model. And, and one of those has to do with a, a, a core capability around case management. 
So Mike and, and Greg, in terms of case management, where do we see best practice and how does that compare to where most companies are today? Yeah, Mike, when we're out evaluating clients and we're, and we're this is now the bread and butter of the service delivery organization, show me how you do what you do. And we'll have them start with the very beginning around how a case is open, whether it's open by the customer online, whether it's open by the support engineer over the phone or whatever the channel of choice is. So that's where we start. And then we'll want to see a real clear problem statement after establishing all of the contact information, the entitlement. And then as we move kind of left to right across your screen, how has that case worked? How is the customer kept updated on status so that they're not managing their own problem? Because we all know as consumers, it's really, it's really frustrating when you're having to chase down status on something rather than be provided with an update. And then as you keep going across and maybe the case needs to be escalated, we want to understand what that process is and what the agreement is between the support team and now the engineering team in terms of responsiveness. And eventually we're going to resolve the case and close it with the customer's consent and maybe we even have to reopen it because in retrospect, it was closed too quickly or maybe the problem was intermittent. So the better companies along that will show us a very defined troubleshooting process that covers all of those pieces. And then they'll also show us the metrics associated with that in terms of time to resolve and, and, and how many cases did you resolve today? And if you do reopen cases, how do you do that and what your rates are, uh, reopen rates that is. So. Uh, the other piece I would say, and this goes hand in hand with case management, is organizations, support organizations that have a good partnership with the product development team, uh, not only having a voice at the table, but a vote in terms of, is this product ready for prime time? Are we ready to support it? Do you, did you train us properly? Do we have all of our tools? So there's a lot that goes into, like I mentioned earlier, this real bread and butter of the organization and what they're all about. What are the best examples that that I've seen when it comes to effective case management? A uh, particular client that I worked with, based on voice of the customer, has actually deployed AI to provide near real-time adjustments to their case handling capabilities. Uh, and they utilize not only customer but engineer inputs to make sure that they have the right resource at the right time engaging with that customer to resolve um, their issue. And what we saw out of it was absolute significant improvements in CSAP and also in engineer productivity. You know, and it was all because the best resource was engaged with the customer. And this point really ties back to our, our first one around the overall strategy. Uh, one of the companies that, that um, I worked with measured from the outside looking in the total time to resolve a case. So it, oftentimes what we'll see is, well, how, how quickly did we resolve it within our own organization? And once we had to escalate it to engineering, maybe we're not tracking that so quickly. But from the outside looking in, the customer saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm looking at you folks uh, to fix this issue for me. So when it comes to connecting that point with strategy, if you've got a joint metric shared by both the heads of support and the head of product management and development around total time to resolve, then you're really working in concert, not just for your organization, but for the customer. Okay, so, so just to, to wrap up today's um, conversation around uh, strategy, just you know, a, a final kind of core capability that we've got in the framework uh, associated with um, strategy is 
a capability around customer communications. Now, we've talked a bit about this uh, when we were talking about making sure that we're capturing the voice of the customer and partnering with customer success. But uh, Mike, Greg, what do we see in terms of high-performing companies or best practices when it comes to uh, customer communications and the uh, technical support organization? Absolutely. Uh, Companies that help their support teams really truly see their role in building customer relationships are among the leaders. Um, Because oftentimes what you see is that customer communication is just in the context of working a case versus truly soliciting input on products and processes from the customer. And Typically, it's a lack of customer engagement through some of the tools available out there, focus groups, advisory boards, and other means of of communication with the customer. Um, It's really essential that the feedback that you receive from your customer is um, timely, it is meaningful, and again, as I mentioned earlier, it's a prime opportunity, support talks with customers all the time. And so it's a prime opportunity to enhance loyalty and develop that business relationship and build trust, uh, which we know leads to uh, loyalty, leads to those renewals that, that every organization is looking for. So from that perspective, support management needs to uh, support their engineers, those front lines, in development of those relationships and not be solely focused on resolution time or how many cases can be worked in a single day. Yeah, I mean, Greg said it well, and he and I talk often how surprising it is that oftentimes we see clients uh, only speaking with their customers, as he mentioned, in the context of a support case. But there's so many other opportunities to uh, to have a conversation, to develop that relationship. And, and you know, what you get what you measure. Sometimes what we find the root cause of that is that uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm being pressured to solve more cases in a day, which means spend less time on each one, which means when it's time to hang up, that's what I do rather than developing my business relationship with that client a little bit more, which really has long-term benefits. Hey, team, wouldn't you um, also say that as you move on the continuum from left to right on customer communications that uh, customer input and involvement is a key best practices, and that means you're not only involving them, but by definition, because you're involving them, you're communicating back out to them versus being more passive that we see with less mature organizations. Can you all uh, talk a little bit about that best practice uh, in terms of reaching out to the clients and, and really involving them proactively? Sure. Um, A couple of things jump out here. One, I had a client who actually, um, they have a chief customer officer who it not only engages with customers in the event of, uh, you know, poor survey results or things of, uh, you know, issues that come around, escalations that happen, but he simply engages with customers when they want to provide feedback and provide um, their wish list, so to speak. So we see, we see it on that side, and that's where you know, the best companies are, are really um, 
getting out ahead is making sure that, as I said, it, the communication is great. Soliciting feedback is great, but it's what you do with that feedback and how you communicate with the customer that makes it more effective. You know, I would say to add to that, that, that you know, the best practices we've seen are when the customers, you can do something to customers or you can do something with customers. And when you're doing it with them, it's things around creation and design and testing of new products and new services, new service offerings, uh, little mini field tests, using them as, as focus groups to refine your offerings before they come to market. And, and that way they feel like they're part of the development. Something's being done again uh, with them rather than to them. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, today's discussion around the strategy uh, component uh, or pillar for the uh, t the um, maturity model for technical support organizations. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mark, Greg, and Mike for joining us today. And also thanks to you, our listeners as well. And we'll see you next time.